0: Steve Tortora's office is a cozy place, or cozier than I'd imagined a music therapist's office would be. I'd already been there for an hour and had watched a music therapy session with an older group of patients. Now, I was waiting for the kids. They trickled in about 20 minutes ago, dropped off by siblings or parents at their weekly music therapy session. These kids were restless. Steve told me beforehand that they had autism. They yelled and laughed and cried. Then Steve strummed his guitar and the chaos quieted. He started singing a welcome song, and the kids sang with him, as loud as they could. Between songs, they'd get distracted. One kid picked up a tambourine when she wasn't supposed to. Another couldn't keep her hands to herself. One boy wouldn't stop humming the tune from Adam's family. But when Steve would start again, they'd all drop it and return to focus singing, or as much focus as you can expect from a first grader. They genuinely enjoyed the music. It was like for a few moments, during songs, they were all connected. I was connected too. I was seated in a little plastic chair sitting in the circle of first graders. The little girl to my left insisted before every song that I have an instrument too. I, being a reasonable and mature 17-year-old, picked up the closest instrument, a funny-looking metal tube I'd never seen before and shook it to find out what sound it made. I'd struck gold and picked up a thunder tube It made the sound of thunder, and my eyes widened as I shook it. Steve, along with the kids, were entertained by my reaction and kept on playing their instruments. As long as the music played, I wasn't a volunteer or stranger, but a friend. A friend who enjoyed playing the thunder tube just as much as they did. I left the offices of Connecticut Music Therapy feeling better about how my day had gone, about that experience, but especially about my project. For my senior capstone, I wanted to understand music therapy and how it works. Today, I had the moment I wanted. The moment where I'd witnessed music therapy and I could see it make a difference. Reading about music therapy only did so much for me. Watching it happen, I saw that connection and community music therapy creates regardless of age. I saw it in the elderly patients and in the little kids. Steve told me beforehand that the kids had autism, but I couldn't tell that while the music played. They were just kids singing Old MacDonald and imitating farm animals. The elderly patients had intellectual disabilities. I could see the music soften them up. Music therapy brought people together from various places and for an hour, they were all together. They all had a common goal, to enjoy music. Hi, I'm Tyler Smith and that was my first experience with music therapy in person. I'm a senior at Ms. Porter's school and went on this trip as a part of my capstone project. Though school and sports keep me constantly busy, any free time that I have, you can find me with headphones in. Except for after classes, when I'm listening to music on my speaker. In my friend group, I've got the aux cord. I'm the designated friend for music. I constantly have something playing that everyone enjoys, no matter where we are. From Harry Styles to Migos or Joji, there's always something fun coming out of my speaker when it's just me or some close friends in my room, I trend towards R&B. When I'm relaxing in my room after a long day, I pull up my favorite artist, her, and listen while I read or scroll through social media. I've used music's therapeutic benefits for a while now without even realizing. That's why I chose my Gapstone topic. I always wanted to know more. I'd done research on music therapy before my visit, but never witnessed its effects in person. Its definition sounds a lot more complicated than it looks. The American Music Therapy Association defines music therapy as, the clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed an approved music therapy program. That's a lot to take in. For me, it's simple. I listen to her because it makes me feel good. Those little kids sang along for the same reason. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in your brain and body. In my research, the music therapist I spoke with described work that aligned with this definition, but it was defined by something else, connecting with others through something familiar. Sitting in Steve's office, I saw how music lit up the faces of first graders and the elderly. It touched the lives of those both young and old. I wanted to learn about how it touched the lives of teenagers too, so I found a music therapist to talk to.
1: My name is Megan Kellogg, and I'm a board certified music therapist. And I work at music, uh, Connecticut Music Therapy Services.
0: Megan mostly works with teens with mental health and substance abuse issues. I asked Megan about how she got into music therapy. She said at the end of her undergrad in vocal performance, she was wondering what she wanted to do with her life.
1: Uh, so one of my really good friends was like, oh my gosh, check out music therapy. I think that that is something that you would be very into. So of course, I was like, what is... What is this? What's music therapy? I've never heard of it before. So she did some research
0: into it and found out about the American Music Therapy Association, an organization dedicated to professional music therapists. Megan didn't see her life ahead as a singer, but knew she wanted to keep her career in music. Megan was in a choir in college, and shortly after she discovered music therapy, she had a recital, and the experience couldn't have come at a better time.
1: And we went to visit one of the high schools nearby, And they brought in a class with this one young man who was in a wheelchair. And it was clear that there were uh, developmental delays. And he sat and enjoyed every single second of our performance. And after we sang one of our songs, he raised his hand and went on this elaborate journey of how this song made him feel and how it was like he was actually able to walk and run through a field and it felt like he was in Bambi. And I was just like, oh my gosh, if this is what music can do for everybody and I can be a part of somebody's journey where they can feel as though they are quote unquote typical and quote unquote normal, this is it, I wanna do it. And that's kind of how I got into music therapy.
0: Even though she wasn't technically a music therapist, she saw in this boy the therapeutic benefits of music. Now, Megana's music therapist doesn't just sing for her patients, but she uses a variety of techniques with music that include listening to, playing, and creating music to open up a part of her patients' emotions and brains. According to the American Music Therapy Association, there are certain qualifications you must meet to become an MTBC certified music therapist. You must have at least a bachelor's degree in music therapy, which you can only get from 72 colleges and universities around the country, and you must complete 1,200 hours of clinical training. The American Music Therapy Association also says that music therapy degrees require knowledge in psychology, medicine, and music. This speaks to the diverse set of skills needed to best help your patients. Megan got her master's in music therapy from Lesley University, completed her 1200 clinical hours, and then was an official music therapist. Being music therapy board certified is a big deal in the music therapy world because the term gets thrown around a lot more than you think. Say you're a bedside musician, or a choir singing on the pediatric floor of the hospital. According to the AMTA, what you're doing is admirable, and the patients might benefit from the therapeutic properties of the music itself, but it's not music therapy. This is an important distinction, because as Megan told me, music is inherently therapeutic, but not all music that provides therapeutic benefit is music therapy. If you're not properly trained, you likely don't have the tools or knowledge to fully meet the patient's needs or goals. And since every patient has different needs, every day looks different for Megan. What does a typical day look like?
1: I love that because there is no typical day. It's always so driven by the client. When a patient new or old comes in,
0: the music therapist puts a lot of emphasis on tailoring the session to best fit the needs of the patient.
1: What are they looking for goal-wise? Are they looking to work on their communication skills, their fine motor skills? Are they looking to work more on emotional awareness or expression. This questioning is a part
0: of Megan's assessment process. Megan stressed how important getting to know and build a strong relationship with her patients
1: is. When I'm I'm working with my teens or those who are verbal, I will ask questions to them, just kind of getting to know them and allowing them to get comfortable with me uh, because therapy can be a little nerve wracking you don't, you don't know me from anybody on the street, so why would you want to open up to me? After this assessment, music therapy often happens in six weeks of group sessions. Week one, we'll do a drumming exercise based on personal mantras. Week two, we do some song dedications, so that's where they get the ability to choose a song that they feel can relay a message to somebody and it's just a way to let them share that message that perhaps they can't find the words for. Uh, Week three we do some relaxation to music so we'll listen to a song Uh, my favorite one I just used was the Somewhere Over the Rainbow What a Wonderful World demo everybody knows the song it it's it's so gorgeous. And when you pick songs for relaxation that are, are known, it almost helps because you're less focusing on how is this, like, what is this song? And more focused on, oh, I know this song. OK, let's focus on being in my body. Let's focus on breathing. Week four, we do some group improvisation, which is always interesting. Session five is an art and music session, and then week six, we do just some active music making. It's really about group cohesion when you get down to it and just having fun. Music therapy is a unique form of therapy because of how different it is to other
0: forms of therapy, as you just heard. Music offers something familiar and comforting to the patients, and music therapists can use this, combined with their techniques, to help patients meet goals while avoiding any potential harm. It's a form of therapy that for some might not be as overwhelming as talk therapy could be, but for others, it might not work as well. Music therapy works the best when the patient and music therapists share a sense of comfort in music. Music therapists' love for music and its therapeutic properties create a safe environment for the patient. It brings comfort to the patient And they can truly be vulnerable and bond with the music therapist.
1: Music is inherently um, a therapeutic, and for some people, uh, it just opens up different pathways and really allows you to get on their level, which is what I love so much about it. uh, Because I may be working with a client who, like I said, is nonverbal, and I can sit there with them while they while we play on the piano and we're kind of having our own little conversation and gives them the opportunity to feel like oh I'm I'm a person and and somebody's on my level with me and I don't have to try to meet anybody's expectations. I can just be me. The benefits of music therapy are endless. From speech therapy to
0: releasing pent-up anger through instrument playing. Megan has witnessed music therapy positively impact
1: a range of different patients. I've seen some cases where um, a client started music therapy and they had minimal words, and then they started music therapy and they started singing, which helped facilitate their ability to speak, you know, along with working with their speech therapist and their music therapist. Now they have this vast amount A vocabulary and can string together a sentence when, where they started, they weren't speaking. Music therapy has also
0: been shown to be extremely beneficial in older patients with dementia. Alive Inside, a 2014 documentary about offering music therapy to those with dementia, beautifully captured the way patients come to life and remember things that they thought they had forgotten. I also spoke with a few music therapists before this interview who could confirm these positive effects on the memory of older patients. Megan also had experiences of her own from working with older patients.
1: I see one uh, group of older adults, and it's so funny what music can activate for them in their memory. Um, You could ask them, like, what they had to eat two minutes prior, and they might not be able to tell you, but you ask them, you know, who sang this song and they'll be able to answer it and then they'll hear you sing a song like it will activate a memory and they'll just stand up and say oh i remember i sang this song with so-and-so or i went to a dance with so-and-so and this was the song that we danced to um which is always just so incredible to see
0: music therapy has so many benefits I wanted to bring some of these benefits to my classmates and our senior year reporters. Porters. Senior fall is an extremely difficult and stressful time for most due to college applications, exams, and more. Now we were finally out of the stress of the college process and looking forward to traditions and spring on campus. And then COVID happened and we all had to go home. Part of the beauty of music therapy is the bond that's formed when creating, listening to, or relaxing to music in the same space together. I know I'm not a music therapist, we can all still benefit from music's therapeutic properties. My junior year, almost all of my Saturdays were spent in the dance barn with friends, blasting Migos or Ariana Grande and dancing and enjoying each other's company. The bass from the massive speakers could be felt in the floor, and the joy in the room felt tangible. Nights my sophomore year were spent blasting Post Malone and playing Wii games long past our curfew. I'd wander around Farmington my freshman year with my speaker around my neck and my friends at my side. No matter the problems I faced or experiences I've been presented with, music and friends have been there. Creating this type of bond is now more important than ever. With the overwhelming quickness that COVID-19 virus entered our lives and changed how we interact with others, it's hard not to be worried. Our daily routine was interrupted and we had to leave campus some of us for the last time. This combined with the stress of online learning or constantly being surrounded by family can leave you in a bad mood. My hope was that I could help my classmates in our final semester unwind with some music and its therapeutic benefits on campus. Luckily, music is always with you. And Megan gave me some tips on how music can be used by anyone, anywhere to help with stress reduction.
1: Putting on some old school music that everybody kind of enjoys and just dancing it out kind of having like a little dance session, or one week um, getting all together and sharing songs that um, help relieve your stress. On
0: campus, it's a lot easier to dance together, but we don't have the luxury of being with each other at this time. There are still options to bond through music over FaceTime or Zoom, I've used sites and made YouTube playlists with friends and listened to it with them at the same time. One site I'd recommend is called watchtogether.com. You can queue up songs and create a joint playlist in real time. Other suggestions include making a playlist for your friends, playing music with your family, or listening to songs that make you feel relaxed by yourself when you need some alone time to recharge. Music can be used as a powerful tool during these trying times. Listeners associate songs with various happy or stressful memories, and those can bring back a sense of familiarity and comfort. I associate Post Malone with crushing my friends at Speed Racer or Sam Smith with crying with friends in the dance barn. Megan wanted me and my audience to know how relieving it can be to listen to familiar music and let it help a listener explore their feelings.
1: But when you use a song that everybody pretty much knows or has heard of in some capacity they're really able to focus on oh i love this song oh this song makes me think of the beach and oh my gosh okay like i am sitting on the beach like pretty sunsets or i'm driving and uh, there's no stress for me right now and that's how i want to live my life music is powerful Megan uses its
0: power to help others grow and meet goals. Music therapy is not a revolutionary practice, but it's one that I believe deserves more attention. Whether listening to a song for a moment or a while, it connects us. It gives patients with dementia a glimpse into the memories they've lost. It gives younger patients something to focus on and enjoy. Everyone has some memory associated with a song, whether it be a positive or negative memory. It's because of this connection, I believe, along with Megan, that music can truly benefit anybody. I recently wrote a poem for my English class about my four years at Porter's and a song I associate with each year. As I mentioned before, I constantly, constantly listen to music so this was not an easy task. After a while, I finally got the four songs down. Sunshine by Tom Miesch for freshman year, Outlaws by Alessia Cara for sophomore year, Devils by Sir for junior year, and Rocketeer by Far East Movement for senior year. Writing the poem felt bittersweet. The songs took me back to times I had forgotten. I forgot how scary it was to be a freshman with no clue what she was doing, to have an old girl who I adored and she adored me too, to wander around and wonder what Farmington had in store for me. I forgot how much fun I had sophomore year, watching horror movies every weekend in the winter and hanging out on the KLG patio every weekend in the spring, meeting my best friend realizing that I wanted to room with Marissa for the rest of high school. I forgot how much I packed into my junior year. Being a junior advisor with a heavy course load and no shortage of extracurriculars to keep me occupied didn't give me a lot of time to rest, a situation many juniors at Porters can relate to. But when I did have time to rest, I made the best memories, sneaking into my friend's room after lights out and singing songs in terrible accents while trying not to laugh too loud, welcoming new students, traveling abroad for the first time and making some of my closest friends. And senior year, what a rollercoaster it's been. I've gone through the most change in my life these past eight months. My senior year is not over, obviously, but my time on campus is. I started this poem in my dorm room and finished it in my apartment, with all my belongings and sweetest memories still in Farmington. It's strange to think how music can quickly bring me back to the little moments that slipped my mind. The good eats, laughs, hugs, naps, and fun times. But I guess I should have known. After all, that is part of why I chose this project. So if there's one thing I hope you take away from this episode, it's this. Listen and feel. Listen to old songs and feel yourself get transported back to old memories. Listen to sad songs and grieve over the time and experiences we've lost recently. Listen to upbeat songs and work out or do something creative. Listen to something familiar and let it help you process one of the many emotions you may be feeling. I can't guarantee it'll work, but music's been used to help process issues big and small. So I have a feeling it might work. This was episode one of Music in the Brain. This podcast was written and produced by me, Tyler Smith, for my final capstone project in my AIS capstone class. Songs you heard in this episode were by Free Music Archive, Daniel Cade, Dow, the Bambi soundtrack, Middle School, Israel, Post Malone, Khalid, and Chad Crouch. Editing help by Ali Oshinsky. Special thanks to Eugene Cassidy, all the capstone teachers, my friends who gave me feedback, and my mom. In the next episode, we'll talk about how the brain processes music, how it helps with stress and anxiety, and the role your music preference plays. To listen to more of Music in the Brain, find my other episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tyler Smith, and this was Music in the Brain. Thanks for listening.